Welcome to episode 188 of the Various Discovery Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who carried us in our golf outing last week, John Scott Sloat. I, I don't think I carried. I, mm. I, I think I bore in a, a proportional burden of that group. I think I, I think I think you and I carried the group. Uh, that might be fair. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that might be fair. That might be fair. Um, I mean, Nathan was was absolutely correct that he's he's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, you know, I went back out golfing Saturday. Yeah, played 18. Did you play better? Uh, you want to know what I was. Six over through seven holes. Okay. And then I was 12 over at the turn. <laughs> okay. I see. Yeah. It was a rough eight and nine. Yeah. I mean, my goal is 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 bogey golf. Like mm-hmm. that – like bogey is essentially like par for me. Yeah. Is sort of the goal. Yeah. And anything under a bogey is gravy. You yeah. Know, That's a, shooting a 90, par, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah. We were terrible. We were bad. Yeah. But here's the thing. It was freeing because there was no like – no pressure. We yep. had no illusions of, oh, gosh, if we play really well. Yeah. If we had Zach in Ohio, it would have been we, way less fun. Yeah, because he's actually decent at He's golf. very good. Yeah. 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 That's an odd way of putting that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my test balloon to see if he's listening to this episode. I see. Well – but he tweeted. Did you see his tweet this past week? You did. You responded. Yes. Yes. About uh, the one thing. Yes. Or no. no, no, no about, about names. names. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So he's clearly he's clearly still dialed in. Yeah. Like, even though he's a you know he's a big time lead pastor now. Yeah. Big, mega church pastor. Yeah. Well, let's be careful. <laughs> I don't know about a mega church. I suppose let's let's defining mega church is maybe for another day. Okay. 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 That sounds like a good episode. Defining yeah. a mega church. Sure. Well, if you would like to follow in Zach from Ohio's footsteps and reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter. Twitter? X. Sorry, X. Is it though? I mean, I I suppose the icon has changed on my iPhone. Okay. Whatever it is. I'm I'm getting sick. The social media app formerly known as Twitter. I'm getting sick of every article I read going like, on Twitter or on X, formerly known as Twitter. I'm getting sick of reading that sentence. We all know. Yeah, we, We get it. Yeah. Yep. Elon has overturned the world. <laughs> yes. Uh, at V and S pod. Email the show, various and sundry podcast at gmail.com. Facebook, YouTube, we're there. Uh, leave us a review and a five-star rating on whatever platform you access the show. It helps others find the show. It does. It does. It gives us content to talk about. It does, especially. We, we delight in reading clever reviews. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. All right. Okay, John, speaking of things we delight in, let's talk some sports. Uh, We actually have some sports news to talk about. Two big stories this past week. I think I mentioned in passing that there were rumors that the Big Ten was going to add uh, four teams. Mm -hmm. And the, the rumor was Oregon, Washington, Florida State, and Clemson. Well, it turned out to be half right. They added 
Oregon, and Washington. So they now are an 18-team conference. Nice. Uh, so, so the Big Ten uh, is now Is 18. that nice? Are you excited about that? Or I don't like it. I think that's too big of a conference. I, I just don't know. I mean, it, obviously, it's all about the money. And more specifically, it's all about football money. Mm-hmm. That's what's driving this. Um, well, I said before we got on the air, the, the Pac-12 is now three? three well, the, yes. Four, four so that's the other piece is the Pac-12 is down to four teams now because in addition to losing Washington and Oregon to the Big Ten, they lost Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah to the Big 12. So that's – So, so getting four in, teams left. Getting into March Madness – if you get an automatic bid for winning your conference, you have a 25% chance. Uh, sure, but that's that's all going to change. I'm sure. I mean, I'm I, sure. I, you cannot have a four-team conference. It can't happen. So That's like a weekend tournament yeah, is, what, is exactly. what that is for basketball. Exactly. So um, I think what's going to happen is the Mountain West will probably absorb the four remaining Pac-12. Now, why would they do that? Why wouldn't they could just say like, hey, we're going to join the Big Ten or – Those four schools? Or the Big 12 or, or two and two or whatever. Well, it depends if they want them. OK. Why wouldn't they want them? Isn't that more TV dollars? It more depends. Money? OK. It depends. Um, I could see – I could see the Big Ten – the, the schools that are in real trouble are Oregon State and Washington State. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, nobody wants them. Mm. They're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they're hard to get to. And they don't have, you know, and they've not been historically strong in football, which is what matters in yep. this discussion. And so, yeah, that those those schools, like Stanford and Cal, I think those would be attractive enough for either uh, the Big Ten or the Big 12. I just don't know that anybody wants Oregon State and Washington State because they're not adding anything. They're not adding a sure. media market. They're not adding – yeah, it just does, it doesn't make any sense financially for those conferences to add them. So maybe Stanford, maybe Cal, but the Big Ten already has a footprint in California now with UCLA and USC, the two biggest names in the Pac-12 in yep. terms of California. Yeah, Stanford might add something to the Big Ten. It's a little yeah. bit more of an academic institution. Yeah, so we're adding another Northwestern. Yeah, though the difference being like Stanford outside of football has elite-level athletic programs. Mm-hmm. Like I think almost every year they're in the top two or three of like whatever – I think it's called the like the, the Director's Cup or something. OK. Where they look at all sports and who did the best based on a point system of national championship or all these sorts of and things. And Stanford does. And really Stanford, well. you know, so they do really well in some of the non-revenue sports that, you know, don't attract I know they always crowds. have a good, a good soccer team. So – We'll see. But um, – and now there's rumblings about Florida State and yeah, Clemson. Leaving the ACC. Leaving the ACC. But I think their deal with the ACC is more restrictive and it's more complicated to get out of than whatever the Pac-12 had. Hmm. So, so yeah, we basically witnessed the death of a conference last week, the Pac-12. Hmm. So uh, speaking of the death of a – not a conference but a team – the U.S. women's 
team lost in the Women's World Cup. Yeah, a pretty disappointing, disappointing showing. It's their earliest exit ever. Round of 16. Wow. They lost and, to the Swedes. And my understanding is the retiring star missed a penalty kick. Yes. That's a big... Absolutely sailed it. Like not even close. And they lost in PK's 5-4. So she would have had to... If she'd made it, things would have continued on. And who knows what happens in the sure. next iteration. But um, again, as I said uh, previously... Uh, I always root for U- USA teams in these international competitions, but well, who else are you going to root for? The number know? of the number of uh, athletes on that team who've come out and been very aggressively um, activist in ways that I think are unhelpful um, has diminished my want to root for them. Hmm. So, yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, let's move to things that you are a fan of, though. Let's talk about your J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah. Um, well, we had uh, the Hall of Fame game they played in this uh, this last week against the Browns. That totally flew under my radar, by the way. Like, I, I didn't know that it ha- was happening, and then I saw something afterwards like, oh, hey, there was a game. But, like, Aaron Rodgers didn't play in that game. No, no. no, Virtually no starters yeah. played in that game, other than some that were, like, coming back from injury mm-hmm. and needed, like, their uh, left tackle that they chose in the first round and played in two years, like, got on the field for seven snaps Okay, to try to get that knee going again. And, you know, he's something like a six foot seven, 360-pound man. Um, so they <laughs> they wanted to see how that knee held up underneath all that weight. How can any human knee support I, that? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Zach Wilson played a good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Jets won until the third quarter. And then when the back, all the backups, all the guys third that aren't going to make the, all the guys that aren't going to make the team yeah. were in there. Uh, okay. they, they lost the game. So, right. uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, saw some rookies play. That was fun. Um, Zach Wilson had a, 45, 50-yard pass down the sideline that was on the money. That was exciting to see. That apparently Aaron Rodgers was on the sideline calling plays for Zach Wilson. <laughs> so, And uh, I I think the New York Jets situation for Aaron Rodgers is like a, a, a reputation rehab tour basically for him. Yeah, I can see that. And so he's doing interviews with Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth in the middle of that game. He sounds fun. He sounds light. He sounds like he's never been happier. And I uh, hope it continues. I hope he continues to be happy. Yeah. I mean, I it, it will be interesting to see. Um, uh, he was a small G god in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And Green Bay is a very small market. Now, I know it's a, it is a nationally relevant team. It's historic. Right. But it's still not the New York media. No. And so what's going to happen to old Aaron Rodgers when he throws a pick six that loses them a game and the New York media comes out and crushes him? I think he probably has a couple of those as, well, this is better than Zach Wilson, <laughs> you know, uh, moments. But if he's doing that every three games, I think I think there's going to be a real – 
uprising. I think the first time he does that, the is it the New York Post that always has the big like yeah. splashy picture on the front? It's either the, the Post or the Daily News, one of the two. See, I rely on you for this information about New York media. I follow that account that just posts the sports uh, thing on, on X. That's so weird. Uh, and so uh, have you gotten your HBO subscription yet to follow the Hard Knocks uh, program with your beloved Jets? Not yet. No. Uh, I will – well, we're recording on Monday. What's today? The 7th. 7th. Uh, I believe the first episode drops the 8th. So the day this drops is the same episode Hard Knocks drops. I will be getting it tomorrow on the okay. 8th or today I guess in – Listening and way. so how far do they go through the season? Like do they go – I mean do they go They go into the regular season? Like how far into the regular season do they go? Like I, I don't – I'm not – I've never watched Hard Knocks, so I don't know. I, Well, not, neither have I. Um, I suppose I've seen a couple episodes here and there when HBO makes them free. But uh, I, I think they just go through training camp in the preseason games and up to week one. OK. And that's about it. And have you watched uh, Quarterback I have on not. Netflix? No. Okay, I haven't either. I want to. I yeah, haven't done it. Yeah, yet. I think I will at some point. Though, from what I, so it's basically a behind-the-scenes look with Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. That's correct. And from what I understand, at least I, again, if the social media is correct on this, like a bunch of quarterbacks have come out and said, "I won't do that." Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. Because from what I understand, it's a very positive, like, portrayal. It's not like critical. It's like, hey, these are human beings, and this is kind of a behind-the-scenes yeah. look as what it takes to be a NFL quarterback. Well, I heard Jalen Hurts said no. Um, I heard somebody else say no, uh, but but several guys have just said no, thank you. Uh, I want them to do one with this Zach Wilson. I think following Gosh. Zach Wilson around this season would be incredible. <clears throat> That would probably that would almost certainly be a TVMA rated uh, experience. Yes. Yeah. But I think it would be the content would just be incredible. I mean, you're going to get the Mormon audience with Zach Wilson. <laughs> you're going to get the New York audience with Zach Wilson. He's still talked about all the time. Yeah, I think it'd be incredible. Yeah. Zach Wilson feels like the way he's the Marcus Mariota of of this season. If they do a new season. Yeah. That's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so we're less than four weeks away from the start of college football. And then the yep. following weekend is the start of NFL football. So Very exciting. It's coming up. I know football season is right around the corner when our church schedules food truck Sunday. When that announcement comes, like it did yeah. this past Sunday, yeah. that means football is almost here. Yeah. We've moved it. It used to be in September. Usually week one of the NFL. When it interfered with the NFL. That's right. And I would just leave yes. uh, to go watch football. Yeah. Now they've moved it to late August. I think in – you know, who knows? I, I don't – I have not spoken with our pastors about their decision-making process on this. But I do think part of the rationale is they want to do the first Sunday when college students are back. That's right. Yeah. That's my understanding. And so that's um, – that is always – now the last Sunday in uh, in August. That's right. So yeah, that's a great Sunday. 
Looking one of my favorites. Have you looked? Have you RSVP'd yet no. for food? No. I would encourage all of our listeners to go RSVP, <laughs> show up at Christ Covenant Church in Monona Lake uh, for Food Truck Sunday, and uh, and w- there's some new food trucks that are coming. Yeah, there's going to be a coffee food truck. Oh, there you go. And you know, n- nothing brings tears to my eyes <laughs> like a coffee food truck. Yeah, oh, bully for you. All right. Well, we we got to move on. You ready? Yeah, I appreciate you skipping the Mets there. Yeah, my pleasure. Six losses in a row. Ugh. Our main topic for the day is an article entitled, What If Churches Ask for More and Nobody Says Yes? So this is actually a follow-up <clears throat> to, the, uh, to the Jake Meter article. Did we discuss that last week or the week before? I think it was last week. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Where uh, Jake Meter basically argued that what what churches need to do is ask more of uh, churchgoers rather than less because there's a fundamental sort of tension between the way American life works and how life in the church is supposed to work. And so the answer is to uh, create alternative communities basically that – um, that offer a better way of life mm-hmm. um, than what the American dream offers. Um, and so that's the basic gist of, um, yeah, uh, of the original article. And this article is in uh, Christianity Today, and it actually is in front of their paywall. So you can read it freely. It doesn't require a subscription. Um. And so I thought I'd start with basically they kind of add on to what uh, what Meter argues for. They have this stat here: new research using cell phone location data. I don't love this stat, <laughs> by the way. Like I'm, it, you know, I hear location data with cell phone, and we're going to determine how many people are at church. I I just don't think that's probably good data. Really? Yeah, I just don't because. Trust it. I thought you were going to object to it on like sort of right of privacy grounds, not like no, reliability I, I, of data. I, I have that problem too. I just don't trust cell phone data that much. People could leave it in their cars. People could turn off location services. I mean there's a there's a whole sure. number of things that sure. could happen. Like, but it, I think it can be one – it can be one indicator. Yeah, I, I, uh, maybe. <clears throat> I, I know I know some courts have begun to throw out cell phone data entirely um, because they find it wildly inaccurate. So I, I'm just suspicious of sure. cell phone data. But Fair anyway, enough. that's beside the point. Fair Go enough. Ahead. Uh, so new research using questionable cell phone location data suggests weekly church attendance. Now, this was interesting. Did you see this? Weekly church attendance is defined as uh, – 36 weeks of the 47 studied. Why did it not just go all the way to 52? <laughs> I don't know. That seems weird. And then, like, that's a pretty low bar for weekly. I might call that regular, uh-huh. but I wouldn't call that weekly. That's if you're, missing. If you're batting 75%, basically, yeah. maybe it's yeah. like, like 80%, maybe. Like Missing 11 Sundays? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're missing one out of every five Sundays— is that weekly? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that number is at 3% of the population. Doesn't that seem wildly low to you? Yes. Okay. Okay. 
another reason to be skeptical of sure. the data. Sure. Um, and so I think part of what's interesting about this article is that um, it, it tries to capture some of the pushback that meters gotten. You know, you had your people on social media saying, yeah, yeah, you know, sort of with the, the full level of snark, like, um, yeah, it has nothing to do with church abuse or, you know, corruption or anything like that. It's just about not asking enough. Like, that's why people are like, okay, just stop for a minute. Like, he acknowledges in his article, this is a real thing, and this is why some people are leaving the church. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But it's not a holistic explanation. It might be one piece of the data, but it's not the whole thing. And I think Meter's angle is more on not how do we address people who have that experience and leave, mm-hmm. but how do we address the people who just sort of fade out of the church? Mm-hmm. Don't have this like definitive, I had this experience, this soured me on it, I'm done. But the like, well, we used to go to church and then, you know, instead of every week, now it's twice a month and then after a while it's once a month and then the next thing you know, we haven't been to church in six months. Mm-hmm. And you don't even necessarily miss it or know how it happened. It just kind of you people fade out of the church. Mm-hmm. I think that's more what his target is. <clears throat> so – um, but, uh, so what I thought was interesting about this article though, is the author and I, who is this? I forget. It Bonnie is, Christian. Bonnie Christian. Is it Christian? A, I'm, I'm assuming so with a K, K-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. I was just saying, so that's Christian. Sure. Uh, she makes the interesting point that me, Meter's argument falls apart or his his proposal falls apart if people don't buy his assumption that church involvement is a net good for society. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Like do you think that you have to buy his argument, his assumption that, that's a net, that it's a net good? That, that people believe that. Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. I think so too. But that doesn't necessarily undermine his argument. It's just a – well, for I'm talking about this segment of people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know. Well, and I think <clears throat> I think that was true for a generation that there was a generation that went, mm-hmm. "Hey, church is a great place for my kids to get morals, yep. that this is a good place for them to learn how to yes. be good people." I think that's my parents' generation. I think that's the boomers. Yeah, yeah. And um I, and, and and older, like boomers and and older and, generation. um I don't necessarily think that's how many people. I don't. I don't want to put a percentage on it, but many people view church anymore. Um, and I think there are better ways to view church than just this is where you get good morals. Well, sure, sure, sure. right. This is where you hear the gospel preached. Those, those sorts of things, obviously better. But I think there's there's a segment of the population, and I don't think this article truly addresses it. But I think it alludes to it, and so did Meter, to a certain extent that. Church becomes a place to be entertained uh, and to get a – you know, sprinkle a little Jesus in your life and get some help. Yes, which is why I think I want to uh, camp on this a little bit. I I think that that sort of community benefit holistic thinking is largely gone in our expressive individualistic mm-hmm. world that we live in now. Yeah. That – that you're not like, – there's there's just not a category of people anymore who are like, well, this doesn't really do anything for me. 
mm-hmm. but it's probably good for my community that our family goes to church. People don't think that. Yeah, it's the what's in it for me. Absolutely. So they're not they're not gonna just go to church because well this will make us make a society better. It's how will this make how will this improve my life? Yeah. What's in it for me? And if the if their their perception is that whatever church they're going to doesn't have a high enough benefit value compared to other things they value, like kids' travel sports or just a slow Sunday morning to read the paper and sleep in and have a you know a late brunch kind of thing. Mm, like I do love brunch. <laughs> yes, uh, I do as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but. I don't know. I think I think you're right that the, that the article, neither article, really directly addresses the um, the entertainment culture that's been created um, within a segment of the evangelical church. Not every church, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the old adage is correct that what you win them with, or what you win them, yeah, what you win you win them with is what you win them to. Mm-hmm. So if you're all in on the you know the, the 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 smoke machine and the lights and the fancy production and the you know slick uh, experience, then or or even just a leadership <laughs> guru up front, you know somebody yeah. that's perceived that could help you advance your career or sure. or uh, do things like that. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think what you win them what you win them with is what you win them to. Uh, I th- who said that originally? Do you remember? I don't. I feel like I saw that recently on Twitter. Someone quoting it. I mean, I've heard that. Uh, so Jared uh, Wilson? Did Jared no, Wilson say that? No, it was before that. Okay, but I, that. I think that adage is really true. Uh, yeah. That if if you win them with those things, that's that's what they want. And um, you know, I'll, I'll you know, and I've heard I've had this conversation a number of times, but it, it happened to me recently where there's a conversation going on. And it's just like I can't go to that church with that faithful preacher for the last 25 years. He can't hold my attention. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you? What's the purpose of church? Yeah, like the purpose of church is about your attention, is about your entertainment, is about you getting mm-hmm. something out. You know, yeah. like what? Yeah. So, but I think here, here's what I wanted. To, really, the main reason I want to discuss this article is, um, I mean, even the 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 subtitle of the article, um, uh, well. The, the article is entitled, What if Churches Ask for More and No One Says Yes? Okay, so let's just work with that question. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the article for a minute, but just the, the question itself. What do you make of that question? Is it a good question to ask or not a good question? Um, and is there a right answer to it? Or if the question is good, like let's say, let's say, let's say the question is okay. Like let's say the question is legitimate, which I, I think it's – you can make a case. That, sure, we, that's a fair question to ask. Mm-hmm. What if churches double down on the let's talk about the cost of discipleship? Let's talk about we expect your commitment in these ways. Um, and, and what are these ways? Time? Yeah. In particular time, we expect you – Money? Yeah. We expect you to be faithfully giving. We service. expect you to be involved in some sort of ministry mm-hmm. in the church children's ministry, helping with the upkeep of the property, leading a small group, teaching a kid's Sunday school, whatever it might be. Making the coffee. Making the coffee. There you go. 
uh, cleaning up, cleaning up after events or facilities set up for whatever. Yep. Okay. We expect that you're involved in some way beyond that. And maybe even you say, and we strongly encourage, not require, but strongly encourage you to be in a small group that meets weekly or every other week. Mm-hmm. So sometime other than Sunday mornings, we expect you to be gathering with a smaller group of believers. Uh, so let's say a church or churches do that. Should they be concerned or should it factor into their decision-making process to ask this question? What if nobody says yes? I mean – Or what if very few do? And we go from a church of 500 or we go from a church of let's say 200 to mm-hmm. a church of 100 because people are like, you're asking too much. That's all le- – you know. even if you frame it in a gospel-centered way, sure. that's legalism, pastor. Where's that written in the Bible that I got to be in a small group? Sure. Or serve in the kids' ministry or something. like. I mean, assuming it's done with persuasion and not coercion, mm-hmm. you know, I I think going from a church of 500 to 100 is probably, probably better in that situation rather than having just a large crowd um, who's not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot depends on what the, the composition of that 500 is. Yeah. But yes. Um, that's that's at bigger, least bigger. Yeah, I mean, because because part of it gets to the question of bigger is not always better, despite the American ethos of well, we got to make it bigger, mm-hmm. make it bigger and better. Yeah, like that is built into our American DNA. Yeah, and it's it's all over the church. And there is a science uh, behind growing a crowd, yes. right? There there is a there is a science. There are people who do this professionally. I don't I don't know what they are or. How they go about doing it, but I know I know they help churches do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a science behind uh, humility, uh, self-sacrifice, church membership, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, growing spiritually. Yeah, and and even just the what what is the purpose of the church? Is it to assemble a crowd? Mm-hmm. Is that the purpose of the church? Well, then that's a little different than. Our purpose is to make disciples. Mm-hmm. It's certainly we, we, to to assemble. Yes, to be together. To sure. Be together. Yeah. But to maximize the number of bodies in a location. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can make any biblical case that that is the primary goal. What should be one of the primary goals of the church to absolutely maximize the number of people physically located in one place as believers. Uh, or 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 seekers or pe- just people in general. Uh, related to this, <clears throat> did you see the pastor over the weekend berating his church for showing up late to church? Yes, I did. Um, and then people blasting him on social media over. What did you make of that in relation to this conversation? Um, because he goes, "This isn't a show." <laughs> you mean while standing on a massive stage with three jumbotron? Uh, uh, screens and um, with a church staff that has multiple people with the word production as part of their job title. Mm-hmm. I think you know my point. There. Okay. Yes, uh, listeners. For the record, there was a good eye roll there by by Matt Harmon. There you so, go. So just a just a heads up. Yeah. I, furthermore, I will just say there can be 
a dozen different reasons why a person or a family comes late or leaves early. And you could probably find a dozen of them that are not sinful. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, absolutely. You know, yes, my three-year-old was about to melt down. <laughs> my three-year-old can handle sitting in the, in the service for 45 minutes. And we think it's more important for them to be there for that 45 minutes than just to not show up at all. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, maybe someone – like I saw someone pr propose this as a as, – as a, you know, he was a, as a pastor who noticed a guy was leaving consistently. And one day he asked him, he said, well, my wife is in such poor health that I can manage to leave her for about 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm before things get bad. So I come for that 45 minutes to an hour and then when it's about that time, I check out because I have to care for my wife. Mm -hmm. Like it it was tone deaf, beyond belief and r staggeringly simplistic in its uh in its uh, approach. Yeah. So anyway. But I I think I think this article asks a fair question, and I think churches and pastors need to be okay with if we lay out faithfully, which you should be doing anyway, this is the cost of following Jesus and the reasonable expectation of your involvement in the church. And if that conflicts with your American dream pursuit, then you have to make a choice. Choose this day who you will serve. Mm -hmm. And be willing to be like, well, that might mean we lose some people from our congregation because they can just go down the street to the bigger church that is perfectly fine with them checking in on Sunday and checking out and never having any other connection with them other than, well, they made it to Sunday service. Mm -hmm. But pastors on, you know, pastors also look Pastor, at pastors have egos. They have egos and they also have budgets. Yeah, yeah. And they look at that and they go, when we do that, we're going to have to cut some staff. Like if if we lose 75 people and they're giving, yeah. that's a staff member who's gone. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't want to be flipping about it and just say, oh, yeah, easy. Just do – but it's – the call is to preach the gospel yeah, and to make disciples and not to cater to – fitting the life of the church into the American dream. Mm -hmm. It's to call believers to follow Jesus and to live out their citizenship in God's kingdom in the context they live. But only 3% of the church is going to church anyway, right? I mean, 3% of the United States is going to church, <laughs> according to cell phone location <laughs> data. Which you have now officially trashed. I just don't like it. Okay. I, I, I don't like that as a barometer. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. There was another article, and maybe we haven't discussed this, but there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about why middle-aged Americans are leaving the church or not. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we do that next week as maybe. a continuation of this. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. Are you ready to move on? I, so, I suppose Do you, you have anything else you want to say on that? I don't think so. Um, like I think what I said when I when we talked about the Jake Meter episode, that, that the – the people that we're losing from the church currently, mm -hmm. uh, 
I do, I do not think we're ever super, super committed to church. Now, I think we're seeing some shuffling of the deck, people going from church to church. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're losing as many people as uh, some of these articles portray. It's a little bit of the sky is falling. Yeah. Um, that That's my sense. That could be. Um, anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on. Time now for this day in sports history. And, John, I've cooked up a good one for you. Oh, boy. Zach in Ohio is going to be He is reveling. going to love this segment. Uh, okay. August 8th, 2023, 1936, a Finnish uh, quinella. Do you get, know what that is? I have no clue. I had to look this up. What is it? So apparently a quinella is a kind of – the term itself means a, it's a kind of bet where apparently you can place a bet where – you pick the top two finishers like in a horse race mm-hmm. and it doesn't – like you win the bet regardless of the order of finish if you get the correct two. That's what – so it's two of the same. In this context, it's two people from the same team or same country. Okay, That's what's going on here. I had to look it up. Wow. OK. Uh, so there's the educational segment of the program. Right incredible. Uh, in the 3,000-meter steeplechase at Ber- the, the Berlin Olympics, uh, Vlamari – Iso Halo uh, beat teammate Carlo uh, Tuimin. I got that wrong in a world record time of nine minutes and three seconds. Yeah. Well, that was that was a blast. Oh, it just gets better. Yeah, I can tell. Um, <laughs> 1984, uh, N- Nawal El Mutawekel of Morocco <laughs> becomes the first female Olympic champion of a Muslim nation. And the first of her country in the 400-meter hurdle at the Los Angeles Olympics. Yep. Okay. You know, I think the, the Olympics are coming back to Los Angeles here soon. Are they? Yeah, in the next – 28, 32? Well, the next one's next one's at uh, Paris, I believe. And then after that, I think it's at LA. So that would be 28 then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 1992, Bulgarian uh, canoeist. Classic, <laughs> uh, I assume, Olympic sport. Uh Nikolay Baklava uh, competes the C1 500 <laughs> 1000 double, winning the latter at the Barcelona Olympics. A lot of Olympic ones today. Yeah, that is summer. And uh, you're doing great at working in some of these names. <laughs> How am I doing at pronouncing them? Uh, give it a B, B minus. Okay. Uh, 1992. The original U.S. Dream Team wins basketball gold in Barcelona Olympics, uh, 117 to 85 over Croatia, featuring superstars Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing. See, I gave you a whole string of names that I knew you could get. Yep. I got all those. <laughs> uh, and then you threw me something here. Uh, 2016 Hungarian swimmer uh, Katinka Huza, Huzu. Uh, wins the women's 100-meter backstroke gold medal in a time of 58 seconds. Her second gold medal at the Rio de Janeiro Olympic Games. There you go. Oh, boy. My <laughs> lips and tongue need a break. There you go. So who do you like out of that? Um, oh, goodness. Uh, maybe the Quinella. So Valmari Isohalo. And Carlo Tuaminem. Yeah. Tuaminen. Yeah. Do you like that one? Uh, I can 
I can go with that. Who? Which one did you come in thinking? Um. Well, yeah, I could probably. Yeah, I was. I was debating between that uh, and um, the Hungarian swimmer, but I can go with that. Okay. There what are you going to put in the episode title? Quinella? Yeah, probably. Okay. Finish. Finish. Fin- Quinella. The, the, the finish. Quinella. There you go. But I'm partial to the Finns. I, I know. Yeah. It's a lovely country. They're wonderful people. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they do eat reindeer. I had some reindeer while I was there. It was delicious. Yeah. yeah. Not as chewy as I would have thought. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a tender. lean. Yeah. 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 Okay. One thing you liked. All right. One thing I like. Uh, I am constantly on the hunt for the best weather app for my phone. This is a conversation you and I have had multiple times. Yes, and uh, got sought input from former Life Group members. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I had been using for the longest time AccuWeather. Yep. Uh, and they have just peppered that thing with ads, mm-hmm. and it's become unusable in my opinion. And unstable, at least in my experience. Yes. Well. And so I have switched, and I'm trying a new one. I really like it, uh, called Tomorrow.io. Okay. And uh, does a really great job, really appreciating the weather app uh, that I've downloaded from them. Okay. Including including my uh, 8 a.m. update every day or 7 a.m. where it tells me if I'll need an umbrella that day, which I appreciate. But by 7 a.m., you're like halfway through your day, right? Um, I haven't left. I'm, I'm normally just getting ready to leave the house at about 7 a.m. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I am going to go with uh, – I saw Oppenheimer. Nice. Over the weekend, on Friday night, went with uh, with Big Ben. Oh, nice! And uh, our uh, our Super Bowl correspondent, Will Dawson. Nice, yeah, nice. And how how was the movie? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I I like really like Christopher Nolan as a director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't on the same level as um, like the Dark Knight trilogy or sure. Inception uh, or the Prestige. So it wasn't on that level. Okay. But still very good. Does it make um, you want to read the book? Um, well, that's, is there a specific book that it's based on? American Prometheus okay. is the name of the book. Okay. I mean, I didn't know a lot about Oppenheimer. I knew some very general stuff about the the Manhattan Project and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, it's very good. And it, it it's not like the same level of Nolan twist at the end that you're accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still a little twist at the end. But it's different because it's, it's basically a biopic, right? Correct. Correct. It's hard to call a Batman movie a biopic. No, definitely not. Definitely not. So I don't know. It's a. It's definitely slightly different genre for yeah. him. Yeah, and uh, I have not seen it yet. So the guy that um, the guy that plays uh, Oppenheimer, Killian Murphy. Yeah, the Irish fella. Yes, who was Scarecrow in mm-hmm. the Dark Knight trilogy. Yes, uh, he was fantastic. He's a very good actor. Fantastic. Um, and Matt Damon was good in there as well. I thought Robert Downey Jr. was good in there as well. Yeah. Um, Matt so. Damon always seems to play Matt Damon. Yeah. He, and, he, and, he's got a type. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say his range is very wide or broad. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I thought it was good. Um yeah, it, it's, it was three hours, but it didn't feel like it was dragging to me. Like mm. it felt like the movie was moving along and, you know, looking back, I, I, I don't know how you make that a 90-minute movie. 
Yeah. And even a even a two hour movie, that'd be tough. Though they there's a scene with completely unnecessary yep, gratuitous I've, I've I've heard. I've heard. Content mm-hmm. that was just what are you doing? Why why do we need this? This doesn't advance the plot, it doesn't do anything. Like, did you just want to make an R rated movie? Yeah. Cause I think literally if you if you take that out, I think it's a PG thirteen movie. There might have been a little – there's a little bit of language but not like excessive. Hmm. So it just felt sadly gratuitous. But yeah, the the book American Prometheus is a 1,200-page book written by two authors because one died in the midst of writing it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so that was my one thing I liked. Ben and Will both, both enjoy it? They did. They did. They did. We should wrap this up. We both have busy lives. You have to go to the uh, – What do we have, a DMV or a BMV here? I can never we remember. We have a BMV. OK. I'm going to – They just moved to a new building. Well, I'm going to Fort Wayne. So. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's – we got to get moving here. Nice. Let's do it. All right. We have talked college football conference realignment. We have talked what if churches ask for more and nobody says yes. We have talked about a Finnish Quinella. That's of a first. Course. That's yeah. a first on the pod. Yeah, I'd say at 188, we finally got there. We have talked about Sloat's new weather app, Tomorrow.io. We've talked about Oppenheimer. So I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. Left to say is until next time. The Lord bless y'all real good. Later.